The Evermore podcast is now sponsored by WFST Total Compliance. WFST provides fire safety requirements UK-wide to prepare you and your employees should the worst happen. Do what you do best and visit wfst.co.uk today. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, all. Welcome back to the Evermore YouTube channel. It's Wednesday night. We're back with the Evermore podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I've been joined barely by Mark as long as his Wi-Fi keeps intact. Carl wearing one of the best shirts we've ever had. And can I get a rewind? Ash is in the house. How are we doing, guys? You okay? Uh, proper boy, I tell you. Proper boy, I tell you. Where's, where's Kez, mate? Is he just at the back having a bit of fly around, Ash? Is he all right? Yeah, he's, he's outside chasing cats. I think he's outside Mark's house looking at all the animals. <laughs> <laughs> he's just homing in on Mark Zoo with all of his mooches animals. Yeah, we're going to start having a bit of a game. Spot the animal when it just runs around in the background behind Mark, almost like some kind of 1980s horror movie with a shadow. So uh, yes, now we'll we'll get stuck in. We've got loads of Newcastle United content to talk about tonight. Uh, just before we do, a little reminder: if you're new to the channel and you're just checking us out for the first time, please consider subscribing. As you can see by this lovely graphic, we've had loads of new subs recently. So thank you everyone who's clicked that button off the back of whatever video it was you watched. Really happy to have you on board. We're over 3,040 subscribers now. Loads of room for more years. Click that button, come and join us. 4,000 is the next milestone for us. We will be doing a little competition, Mark, won't we, for the 3,000 subscriber, giving away a little a little goodie prize like we did last time on the 2,000. So make sure you stay tuned to the channel for that. And then remember, like the video as well. It helps get it on YouTube before Mark tells me off for forgetting. So, right, let's get stuck in then. So we've got loads to talk about. The first section we're going to go to is a, a, probably a topic we'll never get tired of talking about. How good is Eddie? How good is our manager? It's something that, Carl, you brought up in our chat this week. Um, there's a sensational stat going around about Eddie Howe, um, about what he could become at the end of the season, mate. So you've, you've done your homework on this, Carl. Jump in and tell us what the situation is now. So, obviously, we we, we, we love Eddie Howe, and uh, that's great. But um, if he... If he collects another 13 points from this season, he will become the um, most points-scoring English manager of all time in the Premier League history. It's amazing, that. What a stat, so, so, considering where we are, where we were when he joined, so the little ropey start he had in the first nine or ten games, um, it's almost like Kieran um, Clark's done us a, um, a favour by getting sent off, and then we've actually found... Like an unbelievable player on Joe Linton and, and the rest of it's just transformed transformed and snowballed from there. But yeah, Kieran Clark's, uh, Kieran Clark's like that guy in the war movie who throws himself on a hand grenade just to save the rest of the troop, isn't he? <laughs> he's he's going to be an unsung hero of Newcastle United for, for years to come. Ash, just a point on, on what Carl is saying there. I mean, I, I suppose at a time where managers don't get any time or any support, you know, you know, the, the next big English manager comes and goes you know, like the wind. I mean, look at Graham Potter, you know, fast forward a couple of months, you know, he was the best thing since sliced bread featuring the manager. Now he's the worst Chelsea manager of all time and he's he's unemployed and, and doing God knows what. So how refreshing is it to see primarily us sticking, you know, I suppose with a young English manager, but also just how Eddie's bucked the trend? No, it's absolutely mint. Like, um, the fact that he's British, I know it, it shouldn't matter, but it does. <clears throat> the fact that he's English, it's, it's a big deal. But in the... I don't know, in the Premier League, where it's all about the foreign managers and getting the best in the world, and no one pays any attention to the likes of Eddie Howe until, well, 
I still think there's people out there who don't think he's good enough to be uh, leading Newcastle into the next phase of the project, and that absolutely blows my mind. It's like they all go on about wanting a bigger name, um, like like a Jose Mourinho or someone like that, but at some point, they had no trophies behind them. Everyone started from zero. Eddie's got to, he's got to win one before he can win more, and I think he's going to do it at Newcastle. And like the fact that he's ours, um, and it's just phenomenal. It's class, I love it. Absolutely. You know, Ash, you speak a lot of sense with the lights on, mate. You should keep them on more often, mate, instead of sitting in the dark all the time. Like, great job. Man, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a lonely writer. I don't get paid enough to put the electric on. <laughs> Thank God for sunlight. Sorry, Carl. Go on, mate. You can answer I'm say what, what seems to be more impressive, impressive about what he's done with the transformation as well is that everybody's been banging on about the money that he's spent. Well, look at that stat from the Tottenham game. I think there was eight players in that starting lineup or something like that, or whatever that was there before. Um, you know, before Eddie Howe came in, or might not, but I think it was seven, sorry. But he's transfer transformed the likes of um Miggy. Willick's playing a lot better than what he was. The biggest transformation of all time is is Joel Linson. Yeah. Um so he 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 really do you know what I mean? He's, he's he's not just about spending the cash and whatnot. He's transformed these players. And like Ash said, he deserves all these media muppets that we call them. He absolutely deserves to take Newcastle on this, the next level of the project. And that's spending, hopefully, Champions League and spending big bucks on getting players who have got even more higher ceilings. Absolutely. And I think William echoes that as well in the comments. We are live tonight, guys. Please jump in the comments as always. More important, it's the money that you save. As you rightly say, Carl, he's turned these players into something that would have cost us 40, 50, 60 million quid in the transfer market. I mean, a player of Joe Linton's quality would, would, would have cost us a fortune. Mark, just coming to you on this one, a great, a great comment there by uh, our mate Woody in the comments that when, when Eddie arrived at Newcastle, he had almost exactly the same win percentage in the Premier League as Steve Bruce. That is mental. As, as Woody says, that, that's the difference between working on yourself, working on the training pitch and thinking of, of a plan, isn't it, really? As opposed to just soldiering on and carrying on regardless and getting the same old shite coming out of the machine that the likes of Steve Bruce does. Uh, the definitive difference between Eddie Howe and Steve Bruce, I think you've just hit the nail on the head, that he was, yeah, he, his, his win percentage for across his time with Bournemouth and stuff, yeah, is is. Look, it's, it's Bournemouth. Let, let's let's be fair to him in, in that regard. He's he's managing an extremely small club in Premier League standards, and done a very good job. But the fact he he lost, I guess they lost their way a little bit. He moved on. He went and learned, and he went and he went and proved himself as a manager. Something that Steve Bruce never did, and was was never willing to do. He was never willing to to take a year out to do, go and do that. He. he You've used the phrase dinosaur a thousand times on this on this podcast. And that's what he is. He's not willing to to grow. He's not willing to learn. He's not willing to try and better himself. He just thinks that the same old, same old will work time and time again. And it doesn't. And it gets found out really, really quickly. Um, Eddie Howe has just been a breath of fresh air at St. James's Park. Yes, the initial part didn't go very well, but it was it was never likely to, to change instantly. With the the sort of how low everybody was at that point, yes, on a high from the takeover, but the the lowness in in terms of where you were in the table and where everybody had been, you know that it, it took some turnaround and it took a you know a hell of a lot of coaching 
on the training field to, to get those players in a position where they could play well. Yeah, well, he's definitely a uh, challenging for comment of the night. I think with this one, he chose a year to improve himself while Bruce was off e eating biscuits for a year. I think that's a that's a safe uh, a safe assumption. Absolutely. There, yeah, just a great comment by Roger there as well. You know, talking about picking up a car, said about the plays he's improved. That name in the middle, Sean Longstaff. Um, anyone who's read that piece, brilliant piece by George Cockman, Athletic. I've done a reaction video which we'll try and upload tomorrow, Mark, on on that one, but. Not not getting too far into it because just George deserves the right for you to read it because it's absolutely superb. It's so well written. But Sean Longstaff um, is is right up there with Joe Linton in terms of, of just testament to how good this manager is. Um, if you look at Joe Linton, coaching on the field for Joe Linton's development as a player is one thing. With Sean Longstaff, it isn't just on the field, it's off the field. It's what Eddie Howe has done for this kid mentally, physically, professionally. Everything you could possibly imagine has just been such an admirable thing to watch as a, as a football fan as a human being as well you know you know not not to sound too ineloquent but steve bruce is an utter wank in every possible way as a football manager and as a human being he's clearly a complete fuckwit in so many ways that has no place in the modern game and i think eddie howe's um you know development of those players and out of those lads as human beings is testament to that lads i mean let, either one of you what do you think of that do you agree or disagree I feel a rant coming on. <laughs> <laughs> too many, mate. Too many. I'm going to put me in the hospital bed, I think, if I keep going. There was uh, one line in, in what Sean Longstaff said in that um, athletic article the day that I did a story on, and it was that in that first month, in January, it looked like he was going to be out of the club when yeah. Eddie Howe come in. And in that first month, he said, I talked more to Eddie Howe in that first month than I did Steve Bruce two years prior. And that's, that's just that's for me everything up. Yeah. I said, I said that in my video coming as well, mate. It, it, that, that just sums it up. I mean, you know, people like Bruce, not to, to take a slight kind of step away from Eddie because you know, we want to talk about good Eddie is, but, but people like Bruce are the past of football, aren't they, Carl? They're the past of football. People like Eddie is the future of the game. Yeah. More guys like Eddie and less guys like Bruce in, in, in football in general. Yeah. But the problem you've got these days is that the people like Steve Bruce go into punditry and chat mm. absolute bullshit. So oh, they're always around, you know what I mean? Which is great for our content because we can do loads of rant videos. But <laughs> you just have to look at the coaching. I think when Steve Bruce won the last um, Manager of the Month award, it was like him on his own with the pitcher. Then he did it with all the Steves that he had. And there was about four or five of them. You fast forward Eddie Howe when he won it. You've got Eddie Howe on his own doing it. And then he has the collective pitcher. And there's about 60 guys in the backroom staff. Yeah. And how are... Um, players supposed to develop as not only for professional football players on the pitch, but also as men and prof like human beings. If they've literally their gaffers um, only tell them to come into training three times a week. I mean, it's supposed to be a professional football club, not semi-professional. Do you know what I mean? So That's it's true. just polar opposites, mate. He's an absolute cop wumble. I think he's <laughs> more than that. <laughs> but that's why they like to say Gabby had bong the whole love and stuff because he used to give him Friday off or whatever, you know, so he could comb his little shit pube tash and enjoy yeah. his weekend, <laughs> you know, having having all of three touches for Aston Villa and uh, games. But but I mean, obviously, with that, that's long behind us now. We've got this brilliant manager, you know. I still think he should be manager of the year if we finish the Champions League, which I think we've got a good chance of doing. We're going to have a quick look at this in a minute for the, the remaining fixtures. But I think for me, 
if you look at the, the, the managers that's up there, if Arteta wins the league, you've got to give him a shout, to be fair. You know, respect there for that, for breaking the, the status quo. Uh, but if Pep wins the league, which, which you know, could very well be decided in about 45 minutes, um, <laughs> you know, in terms of the game tonight, um, I think Eddie Howe's got to be up there for, for one of the managers of the year. And, and he deserves it, you know, and I think he's only going to get better, lads. He's only going to progress. But, but moving on to, to the remaining fixtures. So the Magnificent Seven. So we've got seven games left now in the fixture calendar which are these games if anyone didn't know so we currently sit third in the league after 31 games 59 points which is incredible we haven't seen those kind of figures since the bobby robson days but obviously these are the games remaining lads just just kind of we'll, we'll go through these kind of individuals i suppose but starting obviously everton we're going to save the everton preview just towards the end but there's some real winnable games in there mark come to you first you know you've got the likes of southampton leeds leicester um, they have got to be winnable games, mate, haven't they, for Newcastle in, in this run-in? Yeah, I've, I think you look at that list and of seven, you've got, you, you have to be looking at five wins. Got to be. I, I don't think you can look at Everton, Southampton, Leeds, Leicester, probably Chelsea or Bournemouth, or Bournemouth Brentford, um, Brentford, Brighton. Oh, Jesus, what? Um it's water in there, I swear. Um, let, Brighton are going to have a tough time because they've got an awful lot of fixes to fix, fit into a short space of time. And they pick up a couple of injuries. They're going to have to rest players, that sort of thing. They might they might struggle a little bit in that in that regard. So it, it could very well, you're looking at maybe six. Six wins out of that, the final seven games and then yeah. whatever against Arsenal. I mean, yeah, it, it, I think that's what you're looking at. That's a... It's not an easy running because there are teams fighting for their lives, but it's a running you'd rather have, especially the position that you're in already. Yeah. Ash, Ash where do you think the, 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 the tricky games are coming in, in, in those games? I mean, there's some there's some big ones in there. Obviously, Arsenal at St. James's, um, Brighton as well. St. James's Brighton are playing brilliant football this season. To be fair. Is there anyone in there that really worries you, mate, in terms of where you think we might come unstuck? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Confidence. <laughs> If you'd have asked us last week, it would have been a completely different story after the Villa game. But um, yeah, no, I think I think Chelsea's always tricky, regardless of how shite they've been all season. They're, they're always tricky. Arsenal might be depends what happens tonight. I think as to whether yeah, Arsenal have just given up by that point. Um, Brighton, I'm not worried about the what the only fixture I'm worried about is tomorrow. Right. Mm, Obviously, we'll cool. come onto that later on. But that yeah, is, well, that's the, it's the only one I've got a slight. Worry about well, it wasn't you slagging them off, mate. It was me. It's good job. I'm not going to be after me, mate. I'll tell you what, after that video, yeah, can you imagine? I'll have to wear a disguise, I'll have to wear a beard and a, a pair of headphones and pretend I'm after me. <laughs> but uh, it's a uh, good, good comment there, Carl, from uh, from uh, Mr. Taylor 150. All the teams around us play each other. Um, we might not even need those five, but that's a great point, Carl, isn't it? Because they, they yeah. could come unstuck against each other, really, mate. I say this every week, but we'll definitely know more. Tomorrow, because yeah. you, you know, as I agree with Ash in that running, I'm I'm concerned about tomorrow, and, and as I, I'll give my pennies worth of why later on. But I think Arsenal's head heads if they get beat tonight, they've um, their heads could go because we played them a similar time last season around this time, and yeah. the fans will turn up for Arsenal, and um, so I, I think we'll give them more than a game. Um, like the guy said in the in the comments there, Brighton have all of the 
at least there's a couple of the top sides that they have. And as Mark said before, their squad's not that big. Plus, they've got to cram in all those games in less time than everybody else. Their games in hand, people are saying, yeah, but Brighton's got two, three games in hand over people around them. Yeah, but have you seen who those games in hand are against? Yeah, It's against, I think, one game in hand's against Man United, one game in hand's against ourselves. And I think another one might be Man City as well. So there might be games in hand, but they're against sides that are above them in the league. You know? So I think... Sorry, Carl, go on. I was just going to say, I think, like, out of the games, I think, you know, we, we I don't want to stick me, me neck on the line, but if we if we can navigate tomorrow and come away with, like, minimum a draw, I think we could potentially go unbeaten for the rest of the season, whether that be wins or draws. No, I think that's a fair shout. I mean, you, you're looking at them games there, obviously we'll get into the Everton one in a minute, but I think Southampton at home, I think, is a win. You know, I think the way we are at home and, and the form that we're in, um, Arsenal at home. I, I honestly, I, I don't think Arsenal want to come to us. Uh, certainly, as Ash says, if they, if they've capitulated tonight, you know that's a tough bloody game for them to come and try and get back on track and hope City slip up at some stage. You know they bottled it at St James's last season. They could bottle it again. Leeds away. I, I watched a bit of Leeds. Uh, I certainly watched Leeds against Liverpool. And it was a knife through, but they were slightly better against Leicester. But um, we we could destroy them if we if we show. A full tilt and Isaac's Isaac's fancying and, and Murphy's feeling juicy. Uh, you know, they could be a big trouble against us. Obviously, Brighton's a tough game, you know. Leicester and Chelsea, as Marks is there. Chelsea, the only thing with Chelsea is obviously if if the stories are to be true that Pochettino could be in by the end of the week, they could have a little bit of a new manager bounce and they could want to finish the season strong. So the Chelsea game might be the tricky one. But I'd like to think by then we'll know we're top four. Or not top four by then, yeah, so I don't yeah. think the Chelsea game will really matter in a, in a great deal, lads. You know what I mean? But uh, you are not there, Mark. Do you agree with that? Do you think the Chelsea game could be just a, a bit of a, a bit of an end of season exhibition? Type thing? I think I think players on the beach at that point. I think it's all done and dusted well before then. To be fair, um, yeah, I think everybody's said exactly it. You know, the the main point is that the teams around all play each other. They're going to knock yeah. t- knock point of each. The only one that isn't, and I think Roger put it in the comments, is Liverpool, who only have to, I guess, by name, they, they, they've still got to play Fulham, Brentford. They play Villa. They play Spurs. Um, you, you kind of in the, the form that they're starting to pick in, you you think that they'll they'll, you know, they'll win those games, but they're too far behind. I mean, it could take something catastrophic. Yeah, exactly. It takes something absolutely catastrophic for them to overhaul that nine-point gap within seven games. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then everybody else plays everybody else, really. So I I, I think the, the the talk of that 13 points being making it, it might not even need that, to be fair. No, I think you're right. It's it's you know we're certainly going into this. You know, it's all in our own hands, isn't it? The confidence is high. You know, I think the last few games that we've had, certainly that one against Spurs. I mean, we should bounce into Thursday, which we'll get into in a minute. You know, but we just want to make sure that the lads don't get complacent. I don't think Eddie will will allow them to get complacent. But just moving into a little bit of that game before we get into the full blown preview. So obviously, the, all the talk has been about Anthony Gordon leading into this game. I mean, he's he's had little cameos off the bench. And he's looked quite good, I think. Um, in his cameos, we forget the, the little Brentford wobbler that he had. Uh, in in the main, I think he's looked like he offers something to the team. He's got blister and pace, and it's almost like I mean, you know, he was a he was a Fraser Forster shin away call from getting his first goal against Spurs. I mean, mind you, Spurs were that shit. I think we could have come on and got a goal against Spurs at the weekend, but he did look quite decent. Um, this game is huge though for the young lad. He is a bit fiery. He has got a bit of a head on him. 
as we've seen. I mean, we'll get into the lineup in a minute. I've got my opinion on it, but what would you do with Anthony Gordon in this game, mate? He's already started shithousing by saying see you Thursday on Instagram, which I thought was hilarious. But um, what would you do with, with Gordon in this game, mate? Would you would you take him out of the well, firing line completely? Well, if you, you, you all knew what I put in the chat um, yesterday about the stuff that I started to see on Twitter about some of the Everton fans saying they'll come round to the Newcastle end and do this, this, this and this. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think one, if we just keep it to football and we'll play football and take the emotion away, Newcastle steamroll um, Everton tomorrow. And again, yeah. we'll come on to that in a minute. But because it's going to be that much emotion attached to their, the Scouse Mackhams, um, I wouldn't even have them in the squad. And I know Tim said, I've just seen that comment pop up there. But yeah, personally, point, I would defuse the whole situation. I wouldn't even have them in the squad. I would explain the reasons why to him. One-to-one -one with Eddie Howe, and I would just be like that. But uh, flip of a coin, I would love him to come off the bench and smash one in the top corner. But I, think, so <laughs> I think he might get um, clipped with a freaking um, goalpost like that. Just <laughs> a guy if he does that, wouldn't he? Well, Ash, we, we said on Monday, if he scored, what do you think he would do? And, and Mark was saying full-blown Adebayor from Gordon, just running the other length of the pitch with the knees slide. <laughs> what, what, what would you do with Gordon? I mean, I think Carl makes a really good point there, as did Tim in the comments. You know, it is a powder keg, that, and it, it can distract you away from the game. And it could have a negative effect. It could galvanise Everton, you know, as, as a fan base, as a club on the pitch to, to actually turn up. You know, would you just take Gordon out of the equation altogether? Or, or, or would you have him on the bench? What would you do, mate? I never thought of taking them out altogether, but I, I didn't ever think that we should put them on the pitch at any point because yeah. it just becomes a sideshow. Um, the fans will get on his back, his head will go, he'll do something stupid, he'll get sent off. Uh, all the other players will just be winding them up, all the Everton players. And yeah, it'll just become a bit too bit too spicy. Something bad will happen. Um, yeah, it's not worth it. I mean, keep him on the bench by all means because having him on the bench will wind Everton up without yeah. a doubt. Get him but, to warm up loads. Definitely. Yeah, just definitely. keep him running up and down like the touchline. Just like that, do, doing the whole COVID <laughs> on the sideline, that would be absolutely class. <laughs> let, let him, yeah, let him celebrate the goals by legging it round the pitch, but uh, no, oh, keep him away. It's, it's, too, it's too volatile and it'll distract from what we're trying to do. Yeah, Mark, the new monkey, like loves a bit of needle. He's saying he, he would he would play him. It's written in the the stars that he would score. And, uh, and Ian's in the comments as well saying he'd play him. I bet he's busting a gut to get one over on the Everton fans. There is that as well. But is there the danger that he, if he does play, he tries too hard and his emotions get too ahead of him, and then you see a two foot attack or you see a you know a bit of a scrap going on, and then he and the referee will be looking to get him. Only the first thing he does, he'd be looking yeah. to to put a marker down and control the game. Gordon will be labelled that, won't he? I think so, and, and I think the Everton the Everton players would target him to wind him up to that point because they know he's got that. He, he has got a little bit of a short fuse time. He, he's got a bit of a, a strop in him. I, I don't think you start him. I, I, I definitely don't. I think you know then you, you have him on the bench. Um, I like Carl's idea: warm him up as much as humanly possible. The only downside I say that that then gets the fans going, and the Everton fans the other was it last week or the week before. They were deathly silent, and there, there was nothing from the rose. There was no atmosphere, and I can't remember what what it was that sparked them into life. And then they never shut up, and that's the that's the danger. And then all, all of a sudden, Everton got a little bit of confidence about them and started to play a little bit, and that's the danger. If you if you start to do that when when you've got a you know 
goals clear leads or two or three goals clear lead, fine. But to do that early in, you don't want it. You want to quieten the, the crowd off. If you suddenly yeah. bring him out after 10, 15 minutes and start to warm him up, that's going to fire them up. And that yeah. then fires the players up. So you don't, I don't think you do that. I think you keep him for as long as possible without without trying to do that. Yeah, so what Jordan Jack says there, if he doesn't travel, it deflates that Everton crowd immediately. Carl, you made a really good point there just, just in the chat that Gordon himself, he's a young lad. He's quite an emotional kid as well. He's he's trying to find his way to, to utilise that that passion, that fire. He's got a bit like what Rooney's had and Barton had and all these even Gerard had this fire as well, you know, those those kind of players from, from the Liverpool area. Um it, it could set him back, couldn't it, if he plays this game and he does something a bit a bit well, daft in the heat of the moment. Yeah. He can be quite rash. Look what he did yeah. in the reverse fixture um, when he played for Everton against us last season when, when he yeah. joined the show, that meme of um, Shaw pushing him back and stuff like that when he went for Trippier. The thing is, with that, Eddie Howe loves that raw um, aggression and he doesn't want to take that away from him. But look what, ha- look what happened at Brentford. He said he doesn't want to take that away from him, but at the same time, he needs to be able to control it. And I just think tomorrow, his first time back at Goodison Park, he will be, as we've all said, be massively up for it. I just worry he could go in for a challenge, get sent off, or injure himself, and it's just it's just not worth it. We've got a, we've got we've got a we've got we've just we've just called a segment before this the Magnificent Seven. We've got after the game tomorrow, we've got six more cup finals to try and get us into the Champions League. He his time will come where he plays. More and more games. Absolutely. I agree with George there. I think this is a, a side show. He won't start. The lads in the pitch will have Everton well wrecked before um, he even gets to the touchline. And I love your comment to Coyle. We'll bring him on at 5-0. Absolutely class. <laughs> I love a bit of that, mate. I love a bit of that. So, I mean, I suppose looking at the lineup, then, we're going to move into to, to the Everton preview then. You know, bring on the Toffees, as we've said there. So, so obviously, with all the talk of Gordon, this is how... We think that the lads will line up. Mark, coming to you first on on this one. I think, you know, unchanged side, obviously. I love how big Dan Byrne is, by the way, in your pre on your match. Uh, Thankfully, somebody's pointed that out. I've made <laughs> yeah, him get I think I've made him get bigger every week and nobody's pointed <laughs> yes. it out. This <laughs> is usually my time. We're gonna need two slides soon, just one for Byrne and then one for the other players. <laughs> yeah. I think the bills are but but I can't see any change in either mark. I mean, why would he? After a, a result like that, you know, Murphy deserves that start as well. He's keeping Miggy out the side, in all fairness, mate. So, you know, I can see the same thing happening there. So, I mean, just starting there, Mark, obviously, you know, key players in the game, um, you know, you can pick any one of them out. Do you think Murphy's form will continue? I, well, I certainly hope so. I want to see more of those facial expressions that we saw at the weekend because that, I mean, he's a, he's, a walking, he's a walking meme, isn't he? He's just tremendous. Um, so, look, he's... He, he keeps his place absolutely on form. How weird is it to, to say that? Because if you go back a few months, he was the, oh God, look who we've got. You know, as, as Newcastle fans, you would say, look who we've got on the bench. It's Jacob Murphy, Christ, he's coming on again. Now it's like, we can't take him out of the side because he's, he's played so well. Um, he was outstanding at the weekend. He's been he's been good for, for, for weeks now um, and thoroughly deserves to keep his place. Absolutely. Ash, one player who was amazing against um, against Spurs was was Joe Willock. I mean that pass for for Isak's goal, that little telepathy that him and Isak are developing. I mean, uh, I'm hoping for big things from Joe Willock in this game. He's he's been really good last few games. Obviously, Villa aside, 
Um, but I mean, the space that Everton leave, uh, certainly at the back um, as well, mate. Surely Joe Willock can hit a few of them passes and exploit that, mate, can't he? Oh, Willock, he's going to rip them apart, isn't he? Um, did you see who Gimaraes uh, compared him to last week? <laughs> Ronaldinho, Willock Ron- Ronaldinho and Luka Modric. It's like, Jesus Christ. I love Bruno. I love Bruno. He's classy. <laughs> but he's, I think he's got a point, mate. The last few weeks, Willock's been immense. I mean, Murphy has been outstanding. You can't, I can't pick a bad player in our team at the minute in our starting lineup. Yeah. And even the bench is starting to look strong. Like you look, you look back at the start of the season, and like Mark said there about Murphy, you just roll your eyes every time you saw his name on the team sheet. That alone, Chris did. Whether he was, I, I really did. I really, I'm not did. gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I but really did. I've, I've, I've had to write so many apologies in the last two weeks. Like, uh, uh, like admitting that I used to slag him off on a weekly basis. Because like, all I've been doing is write, like, writing praises for him the last two weeks. Yeah. I felt like a hypocrite. So, yeah, I'm we'll loving Murphy. There, Keep him. We'll, Keep him. We'll be there. My first we'll article I ever wrote. Of him. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my first article I ever wrote for a well-established fanzine was how crap Joe Linton is, mate. We've all been there. Don't worry about that, mate. Aye, true. <laughs> um, comment, comment there uh, called by Roger. I'm not sure about that one from Roger. I wouldn't mind seeing Lascelles in for sure. Longbone aggression would suit. Jamal, I get what he's trying to say. There, there was a little bit of a story going around called that Lascelles might be kept on um, at the end of the season. Uh, mate, you, your reaction tells me everything there. I, mean, I, I was exactly the same as you. Is that a step back for us? And should Lascelles get a game in this game if it's going to be aggressive? I understand that, but well, you know, should it, should it, it all depends on Shaw's a, a doubt as rumor yeah. was he might be. If 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 Shaw's a doubt, he's, he he comes in, doesn't he? Because he's, he's the only one there. Um, yeah. Without changing it too much, but for him to be here next season, I don't think that means the club is like moving on as much but we've got what we've also got to consider as well as we've also got to consider this homegrown in this English thing if we do get into the Champions League so there is that to think about he might just end up doing a Matt Ritchie and never playing do you know what I mean or coming on for like a 30 second cameo so it depends if he wants to sit and pick his um, sit and pick his paycheck up because I, I certainly next season if he stays I certainly wouldn't have him as captain no, no. Well, in, I think he's know, not really—he's not really captain in my eyes, anyway. Carl, he's the—you know—you know—he's the club captain. The trippy is the yeah, captain. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the club captain, and you can have a field captain, a club captain, but trippy has everything, any. He? he is. So, yeah, that—that that is a good point by Craig Mark that Lascelles is the only defender who seems to be able to attack the ball in the opposition box. It, even though you've made Dan burn sixty-five foot tall, he doesn't seem to be able to head a ball in the opposition <laughs> box. That's really something he has to work on, mate, isn't it? The old, uh, the old, the old Blythe Maldini or Blythe Beresi, the Blythe Beresi, I call him. He doesn't have the greatest timing in the in the opposition box, does he? No. He always seems to get his run or he gets his jump wrong and. I mean, Newcastle should be scoring far more goals at, at set pieces with the height that they have from from Botman and, and Byrne. I'm not sure um, what's later from Blythe, the 308 or Dan Byrne. It's it's a close contest. It really is, mate. I've got to say. I mean, at least he gets there. Do you know what I mean? But it, it's just True. he's just got to start to read it a little bit better. But I mean, he should he should get far more goals. He's I mean, he's Did such a, a monster. Peter Crouch was shit in the air. Um, I suppose he got better crouching in his, his, his game developed. I mean, I mean, Botman's the one for me. I look at them in the set pieces. 
And out of all, and Botman looks to be the one who's got the most purpose in terms of the timing of his runs and, and how he gets there. And because he's such a young lad, Botman, we tend to forget that because he's just absolutely mint, isn't he? Um, we tend to forget that, um, that that'll come in time. But I know you talked about Matt Ritchie there, Coyle. I must admit, if anyone's watched the clip of the, the coin and the fork, Matt Ritchie <laughs> is the man for the coin and the fork. I mean, he's right so so game. He gets the bench. It. <laughs> it was like Roberto Carlos at the turn. Why would have got that? <laughs> yeah. astounded at that, to be fair. So credit to Matt Ritchie if you want. But do you know what you're saying about these headers and stuff like this? Yeah. If you look at the, the, the centre-backs and, and Dan Byrne, the smallest centre-back is the one that always wins the headers. Who is Shaw? Yeah. He's, sure. He seems to be the one that the balls always go to. Now, we laugh and say... Dan Burns not got the timing and whatever, but half the time it might be there's a decoy. So someone like Shaw, who might be better at header in the ball, they go up, get you know, get the, all the focus on the big lads, and then he just comes in and he's been close a couple of times from headers. So I, I think it might be it might be a tactic that we're using. Uh, to be honest with you, I'd rather have Dan Burn winning headers at the other end than scoring. Do you know what I mean? That's true, yeah. It's a bonus if he can score. I mean, not every centre-half can be John Terry, can he, and score like 50-odd goals or, or, whatever, or whatever it may be. Um, obviously, you don't want him around your wife. Uh, eyebrows, eyebrows. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's, he was very good in the opposition box there. So, um, the new Monkey's saying that he's got a feeling that Botman will score tomorrow. Absolutely. I love your uh, predictions here, Monkey. We've got uh, Gordon and Botman. I'd absolutely love that. And uh, to coin his saying... Lascelles uh, runs are fantastic in the box. I just wish he was a bit better, Lascelles. He, he's, he's still a bit gangly for me. He's still a bit, like, um, uncoordinated. I think Botman's got that class, that kind of, you know, purpose of movement and stuff when, when, he, when he is making the runs. And he will get there, Botman. I'm sure he will He will get a goal or two. I, I, I think he'll turn to a maybe a five to eight centre-half goal scorer in, in the years to come. But I, I do think we have to... Um, we have to look at the future for his partner, as great as Shaw's been, I think, in the summer. I do think we might see potentially Shaw's long-term replacement coming in. And I, I think that spells the end for the cells. But we'll have to we'll have to uh, wait and see. Just moving on to the, the head-to-head lads for the uh, for the Everton game. So just as, as as Mark rattles up these stats from his computer, you can see the form guide there. I mean, the form guide is obviously off the map compared to, you know, from us to them. But but in 55 Premier League games. We've uh, got 22 wins, and Everton have got 22 wins, uh, and there's 11 draws there. But we've scored 75 goals, and Everton have got 75 goals. So quite a tight game, Mark. The reverse fixture, obviously, St James Park was was one 0 We've won five of the last nine against Everton, but we've only won three of the last 11 played on a Thursday in the Premier League area. You love throwing in a little bit Ooh. of shit. How should we like that, Mark? Don't you? So <laughs> I'm going to throw it over to you. You get the abuse in the comments there. So do you think Thursday is going to be Thursday is going to be a jinx for us, mate? No, I think it, 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 this is win four on a Thursday. Genuinely, I, I just don't see any other outcome. Uh, look, it's yeah. they're, they're in such poor form. They have little moments where they, they you know, they look good for, for five or ten minutes. But genuinely, I, I just can't see anything other than a comfortable Newcastle win. The high that they're going to come off from from the, the weekend, from, from the Spurs game... Yes, you don't want complacency to, to sort of set in, uh, in in terms of that result, and I think there's possibly an element of that going going to Villa Park where maybe the thought was that we tanked this lot four 0 earlier in the season, it will be all right. But look, it's yeah, I can't see anything other than it, than a comfortable Newcastle win, and and you get that that fourth Thursday win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Carl, you're a bit more. Um... 
nervous about this on you think this might be a little bit of a potential banana skin mate uh, please elaborate on that uh, on no I, I just think it goes back to the emotion that they're, they're trying to whip up like they did last season when they're on the verge of going down they're trying in this in this little bit of a run and their fans are trying to whip whip up all this like emotion and um, from the from the fans and I think they, they do create noise at times. Mark said they were quiet um, and then yeah. something will happen and then they won't shut up. So if they'll have the added golden thing, what's going on, plus for some reason there's this weird rivalry now like that seems to have like yeah. come online between them and it seems very, very hated by... Yeah, it is, and there's, there's no, there's no real rhyme or reason for it, just apart from Everton fans well, being fucking wankers, really, mate. Is, is, well, is, is the <laughs> yeah, there is that. Um, but what I will say is, if we score tomorrow first, Everton have only scored twenty-four goals all season, and if yeah. you look at their wins that they've had since Sean Dyche has come in, they've all been one-nil scrappy wins, like a yeah. typical scrappy performance. So. If we score first tomorrow, then I could see us going on and scoring three, two, three, four goals. It just depends if we get a, a, a just stop oil guy comes on and breaks our momentum up and they score <laughs> Jamie goal near the end. But the the they will con like if we, like they, they've got a, a record of pretend like they've conceded forty six goals this season and only scored yeah. twenty four. Do you know what I mean? We've conceded one more than they've scored. Mm. So well, that's, that, if, we that score, yeah. if we score, mate, then I think we could run away with it. But it's just it's just the emotion of everything that I get worried about tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I must clarify, not all Everton fans are wankers, by the way. It's probably more the social media ones that, that, that are more the wankers. Yeah. But I mean, the new monkey says that he's grown to hate Everton more than he hates Sunderland, which which, which is crackers, really. Um, and then Craig says, I'll just have uh, you know an oil toss pot on red alert, probably. But, but I think, Ash, just getting your, your take on this. Uh, the weird thing is with the Everton fans, I mean, the, the reason I probably recorded that video and said I, I, I'm sick of them, I mean, they are, they are sticking up the Premier League. They've been hanging on by the, the ball hair for years, right? And we were the same. We were the same years ago, as with Villa, as with the Mackhams, where you were just constantly shit season after season, you know, minging football, um, just surviving the last two or three games. And all the neutrals were looking going, oh, God, they're so shit. Why are they still here? You know, and that's where Everton are now. You know, they've gone through a raft of managers, uh, decent managers as well. They've, they've probably got a very good manager for a relegation fight right now in Sean Dyche, because I, I like him. I think he's a very good manager. And I have got some good players. But I just don't think they've got the bottle to um, to, to win a fight like that. You know, you, you see the likes of Calvert-Lewin and who's the other kid? Was it Tom Davies who... You know, they spend more time walking around New York dressed like a couple of Wankers and Ferris Bueller's day off than they do actually winning <laughs> football games, you know. But just, I mean, where do you see this game going, pulling it back to, to the game? I mean, we, we are obviously massively informed. Confidence is high. Um, you know, as Ian says there, we haven't spunked 600 million down the drain and reached FFP like they have. Uh, so w where do you see this game going? Are you nervous as well? Do you think this could be a banana skin? I'm not nervous as such. I do think that it's going to be a trickier game than than what the Spurs game was. Um, I think there's more on the line for Everton. They've got more to fight for. And Goodison Park's never really been a great ground for us. Yeah. Um, but they have got Jordan Pickford in goal, who goes to bits against Newcastle. So he really does, doesn't he? That's, that's always a bonus. And... Uh, yeah, like like uh, Carl said, we get one goal, it's, it's game over. We'll just start piling them in. I mean, I've 
got a prediction of three now that I said up yesterday. Um, but yeah, I'm not as uh, I'm not as anti Everton as everybody else is, but I think that's just born out of the fact that I do a podcast with an Everton guy, and <laughs> Who, who's not a wanker, who's a nice guy. Week by <laughs> week, I just see the light going from his eyes, and I'm starting to actually feel sorry for them. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Pro- proper Everton fans, I would feel sorry for, but I think the the, the problem is with Everton, they've, they've always felt like the bridesmaid, never the bride, because Liverpool have been so successful, and and I can I can sympathise a bit with that. But under Moyes, I actually quite liked them. I thought they were quite a um, a well-run club. They, they always punched above their weight. You know, they had good, hard work and honest players, and and, and a manager that reflected that. But ever since they got bought by the new owners, they've got this horrible self-entitled kind of opinion of themselves. And they they picked this this battle with Newcastle United. They they since we got the money and we didn't you know go and spend it all like that. Remember who was that tosser who won the lottery mark and he blew all the money? The bin man. That's Everton. That's him. Remember the guy who spoke ten million on the lottery now. That's it, yeah. He's back on the bins. That snorted like eight mile of coke and then blew his whole lottery win. That that's basically Everton as a football club. They're ruining this this rich privilege that they've had. I do feel bad for them about Ancelotti because he obviously left them when his ex-wife came back, who was far prettier and pissed off back to Spain. But I do feel a bit sorry for him in that regard, Mark. But I think you wanted to add something to the stat there, didn't you, before I, I get more Everton hate in the comments. <laughs> just yeah, well, well, it's a really good job you're not going. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> really good job, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a security detail. I think about it. Yeah. Um, no, it's just from what Carl was saying before about the the number of goals they've scored and stuff like that. They've only scored more than one goal four times this season, and in their last is it thirteen games they've only scored nine goals or something. It, it's something like that. But yeah, they've only scored more than one goal four times this season. So if Newcastle yeah. get a, a a goal ahead, I, I, it's it's virtually game over because that, and and the other part of that, if they then have to come out looking for a, for a goal, they have to come out and try and get an equaliser. It's going to leave gaps, and the the pace up top will will kill them. Um, yeah. they, They've got no pace know, in the back, mate. They're so slow well, exactly, and and Mur- the, the pace between Isaac Murphy. Um, Willock or Joel Linton to, to get in behind there will just will crucify them. And you get an early goal, I think they'll crumble, just like Spurs. Maybe it's not to that extent, but they'll crumble. Absolutely. Well, a live score update. I feel like Jeff Stelling here. Joey Jack says Forrest Penn saved. So a little update on the, on the football. Thompson missed the penalty. Oh, Dye will be devastated. Wherever he is, the Welsh wizard, he'll be devastated. But no, I, I think on this one, lads, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going for a win. I, I, I think. I was thinking 3-1. I think they might get a, like a scruffy goal or something like that off somebody's face in the back of the net or something like that. But I think it will be quite an emotionally charged game. I mean, they are fighting for their lives. Everybody wants to beat Newcastle, you know, because everyone is livid that Newcastle have got obviously all this this money and that being so successful. And um, the Gordon thing definitely will be a sideshow. That will certainly ramp up Everton to, to try and get something out of the game. I'm kind of with Tim. I wouldn't take him at all. I'd take him out of the squad completely. I, I just think that removes that whole emotional element and, and, and then he might do that he might suddenly develop an ankle injury or something like that and not be in the squad and it infuses the whole situation which I think would be really clever really clever management there and <laughs> so I'm just laughing at this comment here from Eltel I'm not going to pull that up uh, it's obviously an Everton fan getting a bit miffed with me in the comments but uh, you know uh, Jens has said Everton are shite we will plough them do you know the, the weird thing is with Everton right I think with Everton they need to go down like Newcastle had to go down they need to go down to sort themselves out they're a mess of a club. 
you know, literally, and Everton fans would agree with me on this one, right? I'm going to pull away all of the sheer talents for me now. They're a mess of a club. Um, they've got too many weak players there who are just there collecting a wage, don't want to fight, they don't want to roll their sleeves up. We had players like that for years, lads, didn't we? When we went down, we had a right bunch of, of just spineless cowards that were never going to get us back from the championship to where we needed to be. That's why we had to get the likes of a Matt Ritchie and a Jamal Lascelles, stepped up to be captain, you know, Dwight Gales, guys like that. That got us back out of the championship. And Everton need to do the same. If Everton go down and stick with Daesh and come back, they'll come back stronger and better. You know, and then maybe some of the fans will get a bit more humility about them and stop picking fights with fan bases that they can only envy who are going in the Champions League next season. So uh, that's my, my last say on that one. A little bit of shit house we just sprinkled on top. But yeah, I think 3 1 to, to Newcastle. Mark, what's your score prediction? Uh, I will go 3 0. 3 0. Carl, you're a bit more edgy, conservative. What do you no, think? I just think uh, it's, it's just the emotion, like the emotion of. Um, the old Eltel and the comments being very like highly charged. If if we can get past that and play football and take that emotion out of it, then we will win. If it, but if if we let that like fester, then it could be a close game. But we just need to score first. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's only an opinion, Eltel. Settle down, Bonnie lad. Um, but yeah, I think. Yeah, what what were you, Ash? What do you think for the score, mate? Yeah, I'm with Mark three uh, yeah, nil. I know I've, I've said it's going to be tight, but it is. It's going to be a scoreline that flatters us, but it's going to be 3 0. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Ian's agreeing. He's saying 3 0 will just be too much for over 90 minutes. I think, we're, I think we're a better side, you know, and, you know, whether Everton were having trouble or not, whether Everton were way away from the uh, relegation fight and in, in mid table, we're still a much better side. And I think we would, we would beat them if we turn up and play the game that we can play. We've just got to make sure the lads don't lose their heads and don't get rattled. And I think that's why the, the Gordon thing is probably a very important thing. To do so, just before we shoot off, Jens has just saved me the job there. Like and subscribe, thanks, Jens. Really appreciate that. If this is the kind of thing you like, like and subscribe, guys. Come and join us. We're over 3,000 subs now, uh, all Newcastle United content. So, if you fancy a little bit of a chat and stats, smash the button, come and join us. We'll have two live shows Mondays, and this one you just watch on Wednesdays, and pop up videos uh, for opinions and uh, occasional rants, cough, cough, um, about uh, many, many football subject matters that sometimes rile some fans up. But listen. It's only a bit of crack. It's only a bit of an opinion. Bless them. Don't get too angry. If you're that riled up by something, you need to t- you need to walk away from the computer screen. Yeah, just, 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 yeah, just don't watch it. Just don't watch it. You know, it's uh, a bit like me in the BBC News. I just don't watch it. There you go. But anyway, guys, that's us. Are you in GMB? I do, just because that, that riles me up even more. But I won't get into that one. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's us all done for this week, guys. Thank you so much to everybody who's joined us in the comments. It really helps the episode flow. We're all about to shoot off and uh, have a nice, relaxing evening and watch uh, City and Arsenal and see how the title unfolds. So until then, guys, keep supporting that team of Coy United and we'll catch you all next time and evermore. See you later. Take care, guys. Yes.